What's up, y'all? This is the one and only shot to Thunder Willie Mac. It's your boy Hot Fire. This is Fred Ottman, Tugboat Typhoon. This is Royce, ISAAC dollar sign. This is the Interview Queen, Alicia T. This is the Callahan Death Machine and the draw and the face of Impact Wrestling, Sandy Callahan. This is the AirPod God, MLW star, Richard Holiday. And you're listening to. And you're listening to. Hello everyone, it's Stephen Jackson, aka DJ215, here again with another exclusive BBG Wrestling interview. This time I'm joined by AW star, The Hammer, Alex Chamberlain. So how are you doing, Alex? Good, man. How are you doing? Thank you for having um, me. Oh, no, you're welcome. No, I'm doing good, as we just said off, uh, off air. You know, like I said, it's a bit cold and dark here, and you know, but I'm looking forward to Christmas and the holidays. They're nearly here, 10 days away from Christmas, so I can't yeah. complain. <laughs> I can't Same here, likewise. Looking forward to it. Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. It's um, you know, going to be you know a different Christmas this year, but it'll you know it'll be nice when it comes along. Absolutely. So um, yeah, so one of the things I always ask my interview guests, and one of the things what I always like to know is, in terms of um, wrestling, where did the fandom start, or where did the interest start, and have you been a fan, lifelong fan, or was there something which sort of inspired you to become a wrestler? What what actually began the the journey to becoming a wrestler? Oh sure. Uh, well, for me, wrestling is in is part of me is like since I've been since I can remember honestly I, since I was a little kid. My mom and dad were both big wrestling fans. My mom was a big fan of um like like you know WWF and same with my dad. Uh, she was a huge fan of like Ivan Putzky and and some of the earlier generation of wrestlers from the eighties. Oh, wow. Yeah, and my dad was a big fan of the nineties wrestlers. He was a huge fan of Scott Hall, Razor Ramon. So I literally grew up with it when it was family affairs. Like my aunt would always rent out pay-per-views, Royal Rumble and WrestleMania every year. As a, you know, oh. it was like a, it was like a reason for a family gathering. <laughs> so no, it was a lot of fun and I, I very much enjoyed it. I grew up, uh, watched it regularly. Um, I was actually a big WCW fan. Once I found that it was, uh, uh, that was thanks to, uh, like Goldberg, Jericho and Sting. Like those are, yeah. Three guys I absolutely loved. And, you know, found ECW in my teen years. That became really cool to watch. Guys like Raven were a, a big influence on me. Um, yeah. In terms of wanting to be a wrestler, I can, I, I literally know the, I basically know the date and the time. It was uh, Royal Rumble 2000, um, which was at Madison Square Garden. It was, And, yeah. yep, and it was the main event that got me. It was, um, well, one of the main events. It was, uh. Right before the Rumble, it was Cactus Jack versus Triple H. Oh, wow. And I remember yeah. watching that match, and that match was, to me at the time, was uh, it hit me so hard. It was so brutal, but such a good match. And it, it really just resonated. I was like, man, these guys are killing each other. This looks like so much fun. I was like, that's <laughs> what I want to do. I had that, and I had that, I had that, uh, I taped that pay per view. I must have watched that, that VHS, I mean, a hundred times. I, I literally, I can. I can tell you, you almost move for move that whole pay per view. I can tell you, <laughs> I give you the match card. Every match was just great. That was just such a good time in wrestling for me. Like yeah. that, that whole roster was just so stacked back then. Yeah, um, that match in particular. What's interesting is is here in the UK that pay per view was shown for free, so a lot of fans of the time um, have fond memories of it because it was actually shown on terrestrial TV really early in the morning here around oh, no midnight. Kidding. Yes, yes. Oh, that's so awesome. Was, I know, yeah. I was a bit too young just to watch it that early, but uh, like mm-hmm. early in the morning. 
But um, yeah, there's a lot of fans who, like you, really that match stuck out with them really, really highly. And you know, I think if there, was, if there was a match which sort of inspired you to become a wrestler, I don't think you can find a better one than that one. I mean, everything about it was incredible. The build, the crowd, the actual yep. story itself, and the feud between Mick Foley and Cactus oh, Jack. Oh, yeah. The video packages they were doing, I yeah. mean, were awesome. I, I remember the, uh, the SmackDown before when he switched over from Mick Foley to Cactus Jack. Yeah. And I remember that look on Triple H's face like he's seen a ghost. Like, he was yeah. just ter- he was terrified. He's like, I'm dead. You know, he knew, like, <laughs> that match made Triple H his career that that match legitimized him and made him a yeah. man like every after because before that he was always seen as like kind of a favorite because he was Shawn michaels boy and you know he was he was dating stephanie at the time so he wasn't really a made man but then mick went and him went that distance i mean he got stabbed in the i don't know if people have noticed this but like he took a backdrop onto a pallet box yeah and the pallet box broke and it literally impaled his calf yeah, and it filled his whole boot with blood. I mean, you could yeah. literally see it was like black. It was like that really deep, like vein blood, and like he was. <laughs> and I thought it was. I was like, oh man, because it, 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 right now today on the network you can't see it anymore. You can only see it in the original because they edit it. Yeah, but in the in the uh, original, I have the VHS tape. He like has to pull the wood out of his leg, and he is just like gushing blood. And I'm like, oh man, he's done. Like, they're gonna have to stop the match. But he just kept going, and then the match got even crazier. You know, with all the barbed wire and like everything else that went on, the handcuffs and stuff. So, I mean, you know, like that was just a testament to like those two gladiators just going at it until like one guy was left standing. Yeah. Um, it told such an amazing story, that match. And I think what I always love as well, looking, I mean, retrospectively looking back as well, which I think is really cool, is that they actually had a match against one another three years before, didn't they, on Raw as Cactus Jack and Triple H, didn't yeah. they? Um, which yep. was even, which was just as brutal because that was the... Um, it was the um, was that the pile driver was that a yeah, pile driver pile, to the table on the stage? Yeah, yeah, I was yeah. About to say, yeah. I um, love that he did that stump puller pile driver too. I always yeah. thought his pile driver was cooler because he just he pulled him by the uh, the short of their trunks. Yeah, to just look yeah. more brutal. Yeah, um, about that. Awesome, awesome stuff, you know, and a feud yep. which and a, and a match which obviously you know would make anyone I think want to join, you know, or become a wrestler. And yep. um, you know, you mentioned then as well. I'm I'm a big WCW fan like you as well. So you know, Goldberg, Sting, uh, Booker T, yeah, uh, the Cruiserweights. I love the Cruiserweights. I also do a podcast um for the network for our network on the Cruiserweights. And you know, you for me when I was growing up, seeing those Cruiserweights and what they were able to do was phenomenal. And even now, going back and seeing what they're able to do or what they oh, were, yeah. it was um, unbelievable. You know, and it was so exciting that time. You know, if anyone wanted to become a a wrestler you couldn't sort of go wrong with what was going on and as you mentioned as well with them um, i'm a big big scott hall fan as well you know i'll raise ramon <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah right he's <laughs> a bad guy oh <laughs> uh, when he came out on uh when he came out on nitro in 96 you know uh, yep. you know who i am but you don't know why i'm here and all that yeah <laughs> I mean, I, honestly at the time i was like like around right around like 10 years old i had no idea what was going on I literally thought just WF guys were having a trade sharing deal with WCW, so I didn't understand that like it was two companies competing yeah. with each other for dominance. I was like, oh cool, like these guys work together. Then I realized like, oh no, they don't. You know, that was actually <laughs> the feud that made me realize like, oh man, these guys are like actually at war. You know, like they're they're trying to actually one up each other each week yeah. on TV. I, I, I that's when it clicked for me when when Scott Hall and uh, Kevin Nash showed up. Yeah, the outsiders coming in, yep. and then the great heel turn of uh, Hulk Hogan. When oh, yeah, he, uh, that was great. Oh, such a great moment. I mean, I go back sometimes, and I I, I just watch that, and I just... I think one thing as well, um, 
as a moment for wrestling fans, which they may... I mean, today, you don't realise just how... It's the equivalent of if John Cena, about five years ago, had he become a heel, that thing where mm-hmm. he was such a strong babyface, and then he suddenly turned, and the reaction of the audience throwing the trash, you know, just the oh, way man. it turned. It was just such an amazing time to look at it. I don't think anyone of a particular age like yourself would look at it and think... I don't want to become a wrestler. It'd be, that's one job I really want to do. And what I want to do is when I grow up is be a wrestler, you know, um, so exciting, you know, good. Absolutely. And also with it being the holiday season, you can go back and you can, it's like, I always like to do that actually a holiday season, go back and watch some of my favorite matches. Cause a lot of, uh, wrestling DVDs and wrestling figures and things you'd get at Christmas. So off topic, yep. actually, one of the questions, did you get any, cause it is coming up to the holiday season. Did you get any wrestling sort of, um, toys or wrestling videotapes for christmas any years no so far this year the coolest thing i've gotten i'm a huge fan of the old pulp uh pulp comic the shadow Mm. um and actually i got my uh, friend of mine got me two original um books from 1939 oh wow so like these are 80 year old you know pulp comic books of and I, I've always been a huge fan of of, uh, of the Shadow ever since uh, the, there was a movie in the '90s by Alec Baldwin, and they tried to remake a couple of the old school comic strips. They did like the Phantom with Billy Zane. They did, you know, um, they they did um, the Shadow. And yeah. ever since then, I became a huge Shadow fan. I got all the toys when I was growing up, collected everything, read all the comics that I could, all the books, and he getting the two original. That was I I was I popped huge. I was like, wow, wow, this is wow. amazing. It's cool thing. Like they're they're <laughs> super old and actually in, in great shape. He got them for me all sealed and delivered, bought them off auction. So, uh, but yeah, actually, um, I haven't gotten anything wrestling related this year yet. I mean, everything now, I just if I want to watch it. I just either go on the network or I can find it on YouTube. So it's hard to like, <laughs> it's hard to collect stuff anymore because you know it's yeah. like tank. I used to go to the stores and like scour. You know, we had certain stores uh, here in the states that like would sell dump bins full of like, you know, old DVDs. I would used to find like old J- Japanese, you know, DVDs in, the, in there, like FMW or Big Japan. Oh, yeah. And I used to buy those things like crazy. Anything in Japan I used to buy when I was younger in high school, I would buy all that. I, I loved it. I thought FMW was nuts. Hayabusa and Leatherface and Dr. Luther and all those guys were like yeah. absolutely, that was insane. Like I'd never seen death matches before until then. <sighs> I remember as well. Um, it's interesting you say that because here in the UK, we got um, for a while. We had the the wrestling channel, which was the equivalent of kind of the network, but the independent of edition. So here, oh on, really? Yeah. So on oh, Sky cool. TV, it was awesome. So anyone again who's from the UK, you know, you say to them, "Did you watch the wrestling channel?" It's like, "Oh yeah," you know. And we'd have you see watching because for so long there'd been just the WWE, you know, mm-hmm. and, and WCW. But then also when WCW came out, uh, went out of business, and ECW it was kind of there was this void. So we had, you know. Uh, WWE, which and WWF at the time, which was fine, but then when the wrestling channel came along, it's like, yeah, you know, what's this? And then you're seeing stuff like at the time NWA, TNA, you're seeing early Ring of Honor, you're seeing Zero One from Japan, you're seeing FMW, oh, that's awesome. being sh- yeah, FMW being shown wrestling at the chase, you know, in the 70s, what they had access to. Oh, yeah, 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 so much interesting those, yep. stuff, you yep. know, and yeah, FMW, like you just said, I, I mean, I remember. I vividly remember, and I keep meaning to look for this, For this, well, I keep trying to find this match, anyway, but I can't find it anywhere, but I vividly remember the first, um, talking about memories and things, the first match I remember seeing from FMW, it was, it was Hayabusa, and it was um, Mr. Pogo, 
And they were in a oh, tag yeah. match, but I can't remember who they were with, but it was outdoors. Um, and it, I remember there was a flaming, there was like flaming ropes, and it was. I remember that Hayabusa's mask had been had been torn, ripped. right? Yeah, and uh, his face was I, all bloody. And then it cut to him in the back pulling a promo or cutting a promo, sorry. And it had uh, the subtitles underneath, and he was saying how he'd, you know, lost his, you know, identity, and he'd lost all this. Um, he'd taken away his pride and everything and it was such a great pro and from there it was such a great program from there I was like you know this is awesome you know again FMW yeah. is completely off the in, insane you know piranha plant uh, sorry piranha yep. death matches and all that stuff oh, yeah. jazz, you know but like just brilliant you know um, so I mean what, so what is interesting as well when I was actually um, researching for the interview is that you you actually began uh, wrestling back in 2003 and you made your debut if i am right when you were about 18 or 19 is that is that correct you yeah, right, right, yeah quite, right around that yeah. area yeah. yep was was it um a daunting prospect sort of coming into the industry so young or was it something uh, i mean did you know what to expect at that age and was it sort of an exciting time uh, to come i in? had i had um i mean going in i was bright-eyed bushy-tailed i, I had literally zero hang-ups about fully diving into wrestling so i had no idea what i was getting into if i was uh, <laughs> if i could give myself the same advice now i would give myself much different advice on like how to pursue <laughs> wrestling so early i mean because getting young has its advantages you know in terms of like getting experience very so like i think as a teenager you kind of it, it more imprints a lot of the basics into you like it's you're a little more coachable so you really retain a lot more yeah. as opposed to getting into the game older but at the same time, you know, I've I've been doing this now. I'm I'm 35, and now I've been wrestling almost. I've been literally wrestling basically half my life, and I feel it. You know, I can feel yeah. it a little bit more, um, more so than probably most people my age who are who are still wrestling, who've only been doing this for like maybe 10 years, 12 years. I mean, so you know, and when you're younger, you take a lot. Like I wasn't never a, a crazy high risk wrestler, but I did a lot more when I was younger. You know, I, yeah. I when I was trying to find, you know, what kind of style of wrestling I liked. And I was also a smaller guy, wasn't as big as I am now. So I was doing a lot more moving around, you know. So luckily, in my, as I got older, I got more size on me so I could find more of a, of a ground and pound and power technique, which I honestly probably put years on my career because if I was still doing that crazy stuff now, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't definitely wouldn't be able to be wrestling still. <laughs> it's, no um, yeah, it's, um, it's interesting how... You know, um, yeah, a lot, a lot of people I've spoken to have had that kind of thing where they come in and they sort of, I guess it's that excitement in it and no risk. Like youthful, you know. youthful exuberance. Yeah, you know? yeah. yeah. You have no idea what you're doing. Yeah, no idea what you're doing. But um, you know, it, it's it's great then because you're able to grow and you're able to, you know, learn so much. And what one of the first places you actually began wrestling was the um coast was Coastal Championship Wrestling, so CCW, mm -hmm. and you were part of a really successful tag team, uh, known as the Red Devil Team with uh, Mikhail Irv Irvinon. Is that correct? Ivanov. 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 Yeah. Yep. And and was it was it fun? sort of first of all being part of that roster and on top of that being part of a really successful tag team because you did actually wrestle outside of ccw as mm -hmm. the red devil team as well was that exciting and getting to that, that that was a lot of fun because at the time um we were both training with uh jimmy snooker and he was helping put together our our you know our style of wrestling and our tag team stuff 
So it was really cool to learn from him. But yeah, that was like my first real attempt at a character. You know, I, I got tried like, gimmicks here and there, but I never really dived into one like so full headed. Like I, I, I went, we went and bought the um, Rosetta Stone for Russian, you know, to really learn the language and to be able to communicate because we wanted to be able to communicate like actually in Russian when we were doing our tag matches. That way oh, we could wow. we could openly talk and no one would know what we're saying, so we could actually coordinate our matches a lot easier oh, like, wow. with each other. So I could be like, you know, I could say, you know, like, oh, domo, domo, which means home, home, you know, and I could say that out loud without saying, because well, if you're screaming that, if you're screaming, take it home, like obviously <laughs> everyone knows, everyone knows match wrapping up wherever I'm saying dome, dome, like that means like, hey, take it home. And, you know, so we could, we figured out a way to like communicate a lot better and it helped with our promos and it, people were 100% convinced like we were fresh off the boat. Like we were doing yeah. interviews with Russian, Russian media at the time like they were wow. calling us and yeah like i think we were ranked one like the 15th best russian wrestlers of all time like we're ranked in russia we're, wow. you know, and we're not even from russia you know like my buddy his 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 family is but um yeah like his family is like a first or second generation russian but it was it was just funny to get like that much attention and you know we had a fun little run chasing the nwa tag team titles um we were actually slotted to win them at one point uh, but then they had a change of command and Bruce Tharp took over the NWA uh, at the time. But we were going to be actually chasing. Uh, it was at the time it was Dark City Fight Club, I believe. It was. was yeah, it champions. was. Yeah, when I was doing the research. So we were. Yeah. yeah. So we were we were wrestling them quite a bit and yeah. we were actually in line to um, to take it from them. But then once they did the changeover, they basically stripped all the tag team champions and they kind of locked it down for for a year or so before they started you know uh doing t uh, championship matches again so yeah. and by that time like my, my my uh my tag team partner had transitioned from wrestling into production he started working in production end of wrestling you yeah. know being a show director and a producer and then i just started doing singles yeah it's yeah. um yeah i mean i remember sort of i didn't know all that detail that's that's amazing i never knew any of those details i remember again this is the interesting thing about the internet and you know opening things up because you know i remember hearing about the the red devil team and i remember hearing about you know the work you were doing down in the coastal championship wrestling but i didn't know about you know you communicating so um you know closely in russian and you know oh, yeah. that um i mean from and you mentioned jimmy snooker i mean when you were saying about all, you know, getting the Rosetta Stone and all that kind of, um, you know, authenticity in a way, did he kind of um, ask, was that some of the advice he gave you? Because, I mean, obviously with, with Jimmy Snooker coming from that sort of old school sort of um, kayfabe sort of um, way of working, did he kind of say in at all, you know, you need to have, if you're going to be the character, you have to live the character? Yeah. Anyway? Was that some of his yeah, advice? It was, yeah, he, he was big on that. I mean, him, him and another guy we were getting advice from at the time was from uh, Kevin Kelly. And oh, they were wow, yeah. they were both of the, you know, the perception is reality. That was their, yes. that was the turn of phrase they used. Uh, Dr. Tom really popularized, Tom Pritchard really popularized that phrase. Yeah. And that that kind of really, for me, was a kind of a light bulb, one of those aha moments where I was like, you know what, if people really think we're the real deal, like they're going to buy into it more. And it worked, you know, like I really learned, um, like the thing I try to teach kids now um, when I do, you know, seminars or classes is uh, belief and conviction. Like you need to believe what you do and then you need to have conviction when you deliver it. Yeah. You know, and those are, if you have belief and conviction, it doesn't matter what you do. You can be anything you want to be. And if you have belief and conviction, people will buy it and they will yeah. believe whatever you sell. It doesn't, doesn't matter what it is, you know? So 
if you're a wrestling baseball player and you go out and people, you know, just for instance, as a crazy gimmick that does makes no sense, you know, like how WWE used to do hockey players and trash guys. Yeah. But I mean, if, if you could do it in a way where like, you know, if you go out there, I, I love this. There's a movie called Goon. I don't know if you've ever seen that. It's a hockey movie yeah. with uh, Lee F. Schreiber and, and Sean yeah. William Scott. And yeah. I, if you went out there like as a hockey player and you looked like and you act like, say, a Liev Schreiber and you were just like this I, a guy who transitioned from hockey to, to wrestling and you were a goon. But you were literally just this hard looking guy who just would just drill anybody. And you have this look of, you know, that weather gladiator look and you just believe and deliver, you know, believable beatings. I mean, people aren't going to challenge that and be like, oh, this is hokey. A hockey player playing wrestler like no i mean in reality a big six foot four goon hockey player who was just, literally his job was to beat up and enforce the enforce the ice i'd buy that i would buy that yeah. as a guy who transitions over to wrestling what else is he going to do once he ages out of hockey that's a young man's game but you can go into wrestling and still wrestle well into your 40s and 50s healthily you know yeah if you're smart so yeah absolutely um, it, it, i mean look at people like um yeah, I mean, recently he retired, uh, Jushin Thunder Liger, and I mean, even The Undertaker, yeah. you know, I mean, fair enough, they may not be going at the speed they were when they were younger, as with everybody, yeah. but they were still working and they were still able to put on phenomenal matches and f- phenomenal performances. I mean, I just wrestled Gangrel this past weekend. He's 52 or 53 yeah. years old, and he is literally going at the same pace he was cutting back in 99. Yeah. He, puts, he puts men half his age to shame. I yeah. feel lazy when I see him. I, I see him at the school a couple days a week, like training and stuff. I, I pop in there just to keep fresh and work with the kids. And he's taking bumps every week. He's uh, he's wrestling a, as he was wrestling a full five day week schedule before COVID. And he's still wrestling uh, two or three times even now, you know, traveling when he can and where he can. So, I yeah. mean, you know, you, it, age is just a number as long as you keep the activity up and stay busy, you know, and, yeah. and be smart with your, you know, be smart and selective with what you do. Definitely. Sure. Great character as well, Gangrel. One oh man, he's time- that guy. That guy is timeless. I mean, yes. for a guy who really only had like a five-year run in WWE, he made such an impact on everyone. Even kids yeah. who were like weren't even born then know who Gangrel is, and they're like, "Oh man, the guy with the coolest entrance in wrestling, the fire <laughs> circle." You know, it's like, I he he, had, he was right place, right time, and the right right guy to play that character. Definitely, and um, you know, such a great look as well. You oh, know, yeah. the and the blood and everything, brilliant. You know, you. That was cool. I think instant, yeah, which is like the, I think like the Undertaker way. It's one of those instant things where you remember seeing it for the first time, or you remember, it's just memorable. And maybe it is because of, you know, it being so out there, but yet it just works, doesn't it? And that's kind yep. of what you need, you know. And like you said, right place, right time, you know. And uh, it's great to hear that he's doing so well as well. And I mean, I have seen some of his work um, on the independent scene um, this year. And he's, like you said, he can still go. So, yeah. you know, he's still, it, he's he's still he's still regularly goes to the UK. He was yeah. before, like I said, before COVID. I mean, he was doing at least two to three UK tours a year. I mean, yeah. and, and the loops in UK are serious. That's You're working every day for two, three weeks, like without, yeah. you know, without stop. I mean, UK tours aren't uh, aren't like aren't like the states where it's like oh you only wrestle like Friday and Saturday now they'll have a show like you can find a show <laughs> any day of the week up there yeah we uh, we don't look about here in the UK yeah, <laughs> wrestling that's true no absolutely yeah. um, another ma- name you did mention then which I am really um, pleased you did mention is um, probably my favorite commentator of the past fifteen plus years and that's Kevin Keller um, mm. and he recently was made or, or was the uh, awarded the uh, wrestling announcer of the decade for the two for 
the past 10 years with the Wrestling Observer newsletter. And, you know, Kevin, I've always really enjoyed his work, both in front and behind the camera. And I mean, seeing where he's now in New Japan and seeing mm-hmm. how he has influenced so many announcers, you know, you're proud to have kind of had a little bit of a interaction with him and the advice he gave you starting out and going forward. Yeah, no, he was, um, he was actually one of the first, like, like when I got into wrestling, he was like one of the very first like WWE personalities I got to meet. Um, yeah, in terms of like big names. Um, and so he being a new England guy, you know, he kind of took a shine to, to me and a, and a couple of group of my friends. Uh, I was like me and my friend, my, and Mike Bennett and uh, my buddy, Jared brand I am. And my buddy Bryce, like we're all this little group of guys that were from New England, just trying to grind it out. We're all like fresh out of high school, trying to train. And he, I mean, he went out of his way to help us a lot. And he really didn't have to do that. He was literally fresh off his run with WWE. I think he was still actually working for him at the time, but he was also yeah. doing like some seminars and things. And he really was like, you could call him day or night, anytime. And he'd always be willing to help you out and give you ideas or advice. Like there's times that I didn't know what to do, what the next step of my career was going to be. And I would just message him and be like, hey man, like, what do I do now? And he would just tell me a whole plan of action. And he was always cool about that. I've always been very appreciative of uh, the advice he would give me. Yeah. He, um, he's, I've heard so many great things about, about Kevin Kelly and, you know, he has such a knowledge for the business. And I think for a long time, because he, he was very, um, he was mainly just the backstage announcer and, you know, he didn't really have that main sort of announce um, position in WWE. Um, I don't think it was only it was only really till he joined Ring of Honor that I actually was able to hear him fully on, you know, as an announcer and then hear more about his influence on, you know, things backstage. But, it, you know, and his tutoring of younger talent and his knowledge. And he is such a, you know, such a great fountain of, you know, wrestling history as well. You know, he knows oh, so yeah. much and he's so um Again, when you talk about this authenticity and things, when I think what I love about him is that when you hear him announcing, it's like those old school wrestling announcers in that he is like a sportscaster in the sense that he does it right down the middle, is very professional, is very, um, you know, authentic, but yet he does have such a great um, raconteur with his voice that he's able to just draw you into what he's saying, you know, and yeah. it, is, it is great that he was able to be, you know, a small part of you growing up in the uh, in the wrestling industry. And that's another thing I actually didn't know he'd had any influence in. So that's another great little thing I didn't know from the notes I've made. So that's really cool. Yeah. Um, and from um, sort of going on a little bit from there, um, in 2013 and 14, they were really big years for you when I was doing some research and some of the matches I've seen because you actually faced, talking of Ring of Honor, a couple of really big names from Ring of Honor, no, notably two former Ring of Honor world champions in Eddie Edwards and Jay Lethal. Mm-hmm. And was it, a, I mean, I'm a big Ring of Honor fan, and was it, I've asked wrestlers this before, but was it daunting going in, well, there's two questions to answer. Was it daunting going in there wrestling a ring of honor wrestler who is because this are seen such highly in terms of the wrestling ability and things, but also was it exciting going in there with two, you know, world champion, you know, athletes um, and, you know, their influence on you and your career. Well, it's funny. Cause I honestly, I 
completely forgot that I wrestled Eddie. Now that you remind me, I think it was the Robbie Ellis tournament that I think it was. Yes, it was. was. Yeah. Yeah. But I've known Eddie since we both broke in. So I've known him since I was like 17 years old. We used to do these crazy little barn shows in Plainfield, Connecticut. (laughs) So I've known Eddie literally my entire wrestling career. So wrestling him was just like any other day of the week. You know, at the time. So it, like, for me, Eddie's it's just Eddie. Like he, he's just one of yeah. our buddies I knew growing up. If I saw him today, every time I see him, like, hey, man, what's going on? Kind of thing. Always catch up. And Jay, um, Jay's a Florida guy. So I was living in Florida at the time. So I was actually working with him quite a bit for one of his promotions called Uproar. Uh, I was yes. excited to work with him because he's a very, he's a incredibly talented worker. And he really wanted, like, he specifically asked to work with me. Oh, um, so it was cool. Like we went like almost we had like almost a 30 minute match, I think in, uh, Tampa or something like that. I think it was Tampa, but yeah, like we had, we had great matches like, and they were, he was a lot of fun to work with. Like that was just more of a, as a, as a pro wrestler, kind of like I saw it as a challenge to like work with a really gifted athlete and a really gifted wrestler. Cause I, I think that the only way you're going to get better at wrestling is by wrestling people better than you. So I was more, I was more focused on that. Um, like that. end, I was like, man, I'm going to learn a lot in this match. And this is going to be a lot of fun. Like I know we were gonna like tear the house down. Yeah, it's um, yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, I remember seeing Eddie Edwards early with his dreadlocks. <laughs> in, uh, yep. Oh in, yeah, the long hair days. Honor. Yep, I remember his long hair days. <laughs> yeah, he used, to, um, he used to tag with um our buddy Daddy Cat uh uh up in up there. Uh, he was in a team with DC. This team called uh, Sabotage with uh, DC Dillinger. Uh, oh yeah. Who was in a he and Dave, he was such an incredible personality. I, he, he passed away a few years ago, but man, was he he was so funny. He was so talented. Guy could talk and he could literally he could piss off anyone. He was like the king of the put down. He could he could trash anybody any given time. You never wanted to get into a battle of wits with, with Eddie's part with with DC, man. Eddie, him and Eddie were best friends, too. Like that was. And they were such a funny pair because Eddie's very kind of a he's very quiet, like not a very outgoing guy. He's just yeah. very, you know, very easygoing, like goes with it. And his partner, partner DC, was just such an loud, obnoxious, but in the best way, the most like Boston guy you'll ever meet, you know. <laughs> so. it, is, it is it is funny, yeah. and um, I'm glad you were able to share a few memories there. Yeah. And you know, it's it's great as well that um, he um, he has grown because I remember. Oh yeah. You know, in terms, I mean, he's in Impact now, and you know, I remember seeing his career launching, and I remember when he um, won the Ring of Honor World Championship from uh, Roderick Strong at Manhattan Mayhem Four. Obviously, I wasn't there, being in the UK, but I bought the DVD to see mm-hmm. it, and the shock of the audience, it was, it was. Yeah, that was cool. I remember we all, like all of us, like from who we, when we all, you know, broke into business together. Like, that was a, that was a cool moment. I remember that being that. I was like, wow, this is awesome. Like a guy. Yeah. You know, there's a couple of us that were really doing something. You know, Mike Bennett was really making waves and Eddie was and uh, my buddy Bryce was like in FCW. So it was really cool to see our whole class of guys like we were all in the same class with Bob Evans and, and those guys um, in that area in that era. And it was cool to see like everyone starting to like kind of break out. Yeah, and that was a big moment. That was cool. I was like, oh, man, like that's good for Eddie. He was good. I mean, it couldn't have happened to a better guy too, a nicer. Yeah. Guy. Yeah. Yeah. Um... It was, you know, such an awesome moment, you know, and I think what I loved about it was, again, when we talked about earlier on the, um, you know, making it believable, it was so out of the blue because everyone, you sometimes think everything is so 
written in wrestling mm-hmm. and then something like that comes along as a complete curveball and just throws everything you know a complete 180 you know and it was such a great match as well and just that yeah um, it was really that, yeah and that um that schoolboy and then the the audience response it was just just phenomenal you know and um again like you said just with jay lethal i don't think i've heard anyone say anything bad about jay lethal both as a person or you know rest especially like in the ring i mean his ability at being able to you know um his conditioning and the way he works he always reminds me of quite although he used to do the black machismo mm-hmm. macho man randy savage he reminds me very much of rick flair in the sense that he can just go and go and go and he just his conditioning just always seems oh, so yeah. on point he's just like and he wrestles so frequently it's just um and as you said taking that game up but in an exciting way in that you know you are able to learn so much and you can see and I've heard from people that they have learned so much from working with Jay. And I mean, around this point as well, in sort of 2013 and 14, you know, you also had chance to wrestle Rhino, who you were just saying then, oh, yeah. ECW. Um, and he is another former EC, well, world champion from being in ECW. Was that, again, an exciting learning experience being in there with someone who'd been in WWE and someone who'd had such an influence, you know, in another company being ecw what you'd seen on you know on tv and and the like yeah no that was really cool for two reasons one with him being a former ecw world champion for me that was huge and that was getting to the point in my career where i was starting to work with like a lot of like name talent you know really getting like i had a you know i could i could go with these guys and i was like seen as like okay i'm uh i'm past the point of being like just seen as a random dude uh who 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 just goes on shows like i'm wrestling with top tier talent now and also the arena we're wrestling and that's the old warm florida war memorial fort lauderdale war memorial where they used to film like the guiltiest charge pay-per-views so that was actually a that was actually a really stacked ecw style card i mean raven was there we had gertner on commentary and raven on commentary shane douglas was wrestling that night um just incredible we had rhino i think uh booker t was there that night you know it was it was it was really cool to see um it was really cool to see like all them do that yeah and that, and that match was nuts like that match was absolutely nuts <laughs> was it kind of a bit of a sort of a mark out moment in a way where you saw so many people you'd watched growing up kind of coming through the door and it was a bit like you know oh there's yeah there's raven there's shane douglas there's booker you know, t it's like you know <laughs> yeah me, through the door. and that was right after book got inducted into the hall of fame so he was like you know sitting down and talking with him like you got to show oh, wow. you show us his ring and stuff it was cool like that was that was such a cool night like, i remember that night very very vividly but that match was with Rhino was a lot of fun too. He's what's a, he's such a nice guy. I've been able to work with him a few more times since then, but um, but man, that that first time was that was really cool. That was that was a very very cool night. Yeah. Um. Was the was the crowd sort of an old ECW crowd as well? Like, I mean, oh was yeah, it, yeah. Were they were they kind of the rabid, you know, champions? Yeah, it was, and, yeah. It was very <laughs> much. It was very much like that style. Like that. And that's what the promoter was going for. He really wanted to pull in some of those you know, older, you know, fans from the ECW era, along with the new fans that they were trying to draw in, you know, to build the audience for the, for Ronin at the time, those early days of Ronin pro wrestling. And, yeah. um, yeah, that was, that was cool. It was a fun night. Yeah. You remember it was, it was loud, you know, it was a few thousand people there and it was, it was a cool, cool experience. Yeah. Um, I don't, again, I wish that I'd been able to go to an ECW show, just one, if I could have, okay. that's, that's a good question, actually. Um, if you could have gone to, any CW show, what would it have been or pay per view? 
Heat Wave 98, hands down. Spot on. <laughs> Same. Heat Wave 98. That Absolutely. was um, that was Hayabusa and Jinsei Shinsaki versus, uh, I believe it was... Um, that was RVD and Sabu. RVD and yeah. Sabu. And that yeah. was awesome. And then they had Credible and... Was it, was it Credible and Storm? No, it was Lance... I know Lance Storm like Jerry Lynn. Lance Storm and Jerry Lynn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. And uh, yeah. Taz, the Taz is on there. Um, Mike I mean, Osman, I, Masato Tanaka. Mike Osman, yeah, that, that was right. It was the first time in Mike uh, Osman, Masato Tanaka, too. That match was, that match was bananas. Like, that's, the power, that was a Masato Tanaka powerbomb Mike Osman to the outside. Yes. And no yeah. one was expecting that. Like, and that match was, like, nuts. The chair shots, I remember the chair shots in that match were just ballistic. I mean, he just, he was hitting them so hard. It's, you know, you watch back. I mean, I think this is the thing what's so interesting as well is that you look back at some of that stuff, like the FNW. I mean, and that's the thing. Masato Tanaka recently just wrestled in the All Japan um, Real World Tag League with Tajiri as Team ECW, which has been really cool looking at that and, you know, seeing them going at it but, um, with some of the younger guys. But Masato Tanaka and Mike Awesome, like, you know, you talk about people going at hammer and tongs like geez they just did it i mean the thing was was they were best friends but like if that's your best friend and how you're going to treat them like jesus that's the thing with your best friends with your best friends you can hit them harder yeah because because they're going to forgive you yeah personally um i remember because they stole the show again it was at the 2005 the one night stand yeah and they killed it like they had the best match on the whole card yeah um i mean you know the um the other one I vividly remember with Mike Awesome, because one thing about um, like that ECW atmosphere was that um, there was one match which doesn't get a lot of talk about, but it's always stuck with me since I've seen it, and it was um, Mike Awesome taking on uh, Little Spike Dudley from Guilty as Charge 2000, yep. and um, like when you see like. Um, the crowd and the fact that little Spike Dudley, you know, whenever he hit any kind of a man- maneuver of any kind or some kind of a punch, the crowd's reaction is insane. But then Mike yep. Awesome coming back and just beating the living daylights out of him was just, you know, so again, we've gone back to it again, but such a magical time. And I, you know, I mean, if I could have gone to any show, definitely it would have been Heatwave 98. Yeah. I think that's the top of many people's wrestling lists if they could have gone any, to any show, you know. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, and it is great as well that you, like I just said, that you were able to get a little bit of that uh, feeling when you were uh, wrestling Rhino because, um, as you said, Ronin uh, Pro Wrestling was which it became that promotion. And it soon sort of, in a way, became your home promotion. And it was where mm-hmm. you won their uh, world vacant, well, vacant heavyweight championship. And was that sort of a an exciting and emotional moment to kind of finally be given a singles championship on the sort of be the flag bearer for a promotion which was just coming up was that was that exciting especially for somewhere like Ronin Pro Wrestling yeah it definitely was that was that was a really cool um the the build for it was really fun the, the run for it the chase for the tournament going into it um and to be like to be trusted as the guy who can carry the company like that's also that's always a it's a cool responsibility, but it's also a big responsibility with a lot of you know like really the show kind of live or dies on whether or not you can draw money, you yeah. know, and, and and if the promotion can keep running with you on the top and you keep drawing fans, and then obviously you're doing it right, 
you know, but obviously if it starts to sink, then it might be, you know, you might be one of that responsibility since you're not drawing as many fans as you should be. And that's really the main event's responsibility is to draw the most amount of fans. So, and the match that I remember the match where I won it, won the title was uh, probably one of my all time favorite matches was with, uh, it was with Sanjay Dutt. And yes. we had a no disqualification, um, like anything goes. And we went in there and literally tore the place apart. Like <laughs> the ring was torn apart by the end. Like we were, we were doing this. This is back in like, I mean, that was probably three or four years ago. And that was before like everyone went out, you know, cause a lot of people nowadays, like everyone tears up the ring and yeah. removes the padding and all that. And we were doing that years ago before, you know, it was becoming a normal thing on indie shows. So like we wanted to go out there and, and like do something different. Like, you know, we were both big fans of Game of Thrones. We're like, oh man, like wouldn't that be cool if like after the match it was just like a looks like a battlefield, like where it's just bodies everywhere and <laughs> all the fans are standing because they can't they, they can't sit down because everything got scattered and the ring is just in pieces and basically smoldering. And I'm like, that'd be so and it, it, we we're both like, let's do that. Like we're gonna we're gonna figure out a way, we're gonna tell that story, you know. And we went out there and did it, and the match was awesome. It, it, and it was crazy because like that was a super long night, and there were some really good matches that whole night. Like that yeah. whole that was a really stacked card. You know, we had a lot of like big name talent on there, and uh, and to follow up some of those matches, you know, like we were like, okay, well we're going on last, so we hopefully we, the crowd's still with us. And but yeah, we, they were they were there, and they were they went absolutely ape like ape crazy for it. Yeah. Um, you know, Sanjay, another one of my favorites growing up. And again, was it exciting getting the opportunity to, to face Sanjay and in the yeah. match, which kind of shaped your career in running pro wrestling in a way? Yeah, absolutely. That, that, that was really cool because Sanjay obviously was such a huge name in wrestling, especially with like obviously Impact Wrestling. Yeah. So I was a big fan of Impact. I watched it in high school. We used to get the pay-per-views every Wednesday. Um, you know, ten. We'd all, my, me and my buddies, would get after class, like shoot over to his house, and I'll pitch in like for the ten bucks to, you know, get his mom to pay, you know, get his mom to order <laughs> for us. So I like, watching to be able to wrestle a guy like Sanjay was really cool because he's like, he has a really good mind too. And man, the guy is so good. I mean, he's such an yeah. athlete. He can just do things that I could, I literally couldn't do if you had a, you know, <laughs> if you had me <laughs> with a gun to my head, I couldn't do some of the moves <laughs> that guy does, you know. But he was, uh, and he was, su- he was such a nice and like open guy to work with. You, he's a guy that could walk into a show and be like, "This is what we're doing. You know, whatever you want to do, don't worry about it. I'm gonna call out there." But now he was very, like, very much like, "Let's go back and forth on this. Let's put it together. To, you know, let's put it together." You know. Yeah. And like yeah. I said, this is a show with like there were guys like Darby on the show, um, DJ Z, you know, Z Myon, AR yeah. Fox. Yeah, I mean, there were some, <laughs> there were some really good guys on this show. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was like Darby was like his first year in wrestling and he was having like crazy matches and, yeah. and, uh, you know, there, there was some, it, it, to be able to compete and, uh, John Cruz, you know, Serpentico, yeah. um, and, uh, Diamante were on there. I mean, there were, there was like, man, following like a John Cruz and Jay J Rios and Diamante match is always tough. Cause those guys would just do the craziest high flying dives. Yeah. So they usually got most of the crowd reaction cause uh john john's big thing is like he always had to go first on shows like i don't know if it's a it's a running gag if you ever get a chance to talk to him his thing is like he on in the indies he begged people to go on first because he just liked to go first and just get out of his clothes and just get back in the normal so he yeah. liked to go so but the, the problem was that his matches were always so like exciting and crazy that you like the rest of the show be you'd be hard to compete with that you'd be like oh man like you're making us work harder so 
But yeah, that was a good time. Like that was a that was a really fun match, man. That was a big big shaper for me, and like in yeah. terms of like my confidence in the ring and being able to carry a main event. Yeah, um, you know, and it's good. stacked card. Like you just said, there are some mm-hmm. big indie names there, like you know, Ar Fox and DJZ, and you know, the one name you have mentioned there, you know, Darby Allen, who mm-hmm. you know just. I mean, recently, I was going to go into the AEW part of your career, but I will just kind of skip ahead. And, you know, I mean, I don't think I've ever seen a Darby Allen match, which isn't crazy. <laughs> I think that's yeah, I know, yeah. And this is in his early days when he was still trying to, you know, find when he was still trying. Yeah, he was still trying yeah. to find his find his, you know, what he would what he was going to do. So he wasn't quite like he was doing crazy stuff, but. It wasn't anything like in. It was about a year later. I remember because I always kept in touch with him because yeah, you know, I, I we I wrestled Darby quite a bit yeah. like, early on in his career um, with like FSCW. He was part of our traveling crew of that. Um, he was our daredevil when I was like playing my Skeletor character. Mm-hmm. So um, so, but then all of a sudden he started doing the hand, you know, handcuffing himself and doing dives, handcuffed, and we were just like, man, this guy's nuts. And then he just started taking it even higher and higher. And I'm like, man, this guy's a death wish. Like he is yeah. out of his. We didn't understand how of his mind he was. Like early on, he was like, "Oh man, this guy can fly around. He's good." And then all of a sudden, we're like, "No, this dude's like <laughs> out of his mind. This guy is insane. Like, what are you doing? Like doing head first dives, your handcuffs behind your back like, over the top rope." I'm like, "No way!" Like, you just had kid has no fear. Like, I don't think there's a spot he would say no to. Maybe yeah. let himself on fire. But even then, yeah. no, he's let himself on fire. What am I talking about? He did that he has, for. Yeah. He has let himself on fire. So yeah. he's done everything you can do. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah he did. He's nuts. Great he guy. Is. I love him though. I love Darby. Yeah. Good dude. Absolutely. Absolutely nuts. You know, incredible worker. You know, just, just, and, and a, again, a character which is just, I remember seeing Darby for the first time in Evolve um, and his famous feud with uh, Ethan Page, another guy yeah. you have wrestled. Um, and, you know, I remember seeing the stuff, like he said, the handcuffs and the dives and the shovel shots and, uh, you know, very, um, sort of just scary in one sense and sort of disturbing as well in the sense that someone could take (laughs) still take that amount of punishment and again make it so draw you in and i remember his his growth has been so organic with wrestling fans in that you know i remember following darby on twitter when he had sort of only like about you know, 3,000 3, mm-hmm. followers or something. You look at him now and he's got thousands, you know, and you just oh, think yeah. you know, people resonate with him because, again, he he is one of those guys who, you know, a bit like that backyard style where, you know, you go out there and then you do, um, you know, these crazy dives. But there's so much more to it than that. There's so much more depth to him than just that supposed backyard style, which people may think, you know. Yeah. And he... um. I mean, actually, wrestling him in AEW, was that a really great moment for both of you, being able to go out there after wrestling, you know, early on in each other's career? Well, early on in Darby's career, was that an exciting moment to get out it there? It was cool. Yeah, we're, we're, we're both excited about it, you know, and and yeah, it was it was kind of funny how things like we were sitting there like you know in the back we're like oh man it's weird how things kind of come full circle in a ways you know how you, you'll meet at different points in your career at different times i mean like i've wrestled darby in you know different states all over the country all over the, uh, over the u.s and then like now we're just here in jacksonville getting ready to do stuff for national tv it's like it was it was really cool it was like and uh, like to and i know i can work well with darby and for me that was kind of like one of my early like intro like you know like you you get put in matches to see if you can sink or swim and yeah. if 
you know, they don't put just anybody with Darby, you know, because Darby's there, like one of their boys that they're really developing for bigger things. So, you know, even that 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 was a sign of like, OK, let's see what he can do. So I knew for me it was kind of, uh, you know, I, I got to do well. It's got to be a good match. And so I was glad it was him because I've had worked with him before. And I knew he, like, he's a good he's a good guy. He sells one of the best sellers in wrestling today yes. right now, like hands down. Like so I knew we were going to have a great match and it was going to be fun and people were going to like it. And it was going to be something where I'm like, OK, they're going to call me back after this, you know, kind of thing. And I'm going to keep coming back and getting more and more work. So, yeah. And it ended up being a great match. It was really fun. Yeah, um, it was a great match. You know, I've seen it, and it was brilliant. And, you know, as you just pointed out, Darby is such an incredible seller of... Oh, he's yeah. just so... He's got such great expression in what he does. He's such oh. a great performer. He's just so relatable. And so that kind of... Um, dual personality kind of thing where you know the the turn of being a respectable you know sort of teenager to then yeah. the crazy side of him you know and the skateboarding aspect which is awesome and you know there's just so many layers to him it's just he's he's phenomenal you know and he's really is and it's him know, like the biggest thing yes. is that's that's really him like that's he's him. not yeah he's not playing he's not playing darby allen the wrestling that's darby like if you meet darby yeah. outside the wrestling He's a quiet guy, keeps to himself. You know, isn't he's not the kind of dude who's like needs to be the center of attention. He's not the guy to go, hey man, everyone look at me. He's a quiet dude, likes to ride a skateboard. He has yeah. zero fear, and he's just a nice guy. And I think that's why people resonate with that. They connect with him because it's like he's not he's not feeding you a gimmick. He's that's yeah. him. Like you're you're seeing the real person. You're really seeing what he's like. And I think people will just get behind that because he's real. You know, and yeah. and and he's and he's willing to go that extra mile to entertain people like he is literally put his life on the line to yeah. do it so yeah. and that's hard to you can't hate a guy that does that you know it's hard to get I mean, even if you don't like him you, you respect what that guy does and what he's willing to do yeah absolutely so. absolutely you know i mean I, I have tons of respect for him since you know some of the i mean from seeing him early on and seeing him grow and seeing his um you know, career just flourishing, you oh, know, yeah. AEW, it's been, it's been phenomenal. And I mean, that stare down as well recently, I was, you know, talking of AEW with Sting, you know, oh, uh, Sting. I mean, what a, being, what a, like a, what a, uh, you know, what a bucket list item to oh, have. Wow. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I think every wrestler, you know, every wrestler, you know, Darby's agent older is extreme, including myself, just so jealous in the best way. <laughs> I, I was like, oh, man, to be in your shoes right now, dude, that must be just like, that must be surreal. It was just phenomenal, you know, I mean, yep. um, and, and I think that whole thing where the face paint thing as well, where that visual of the two, you know, the, the face yep. paint and you can see the... Um, you know that that intrigue of where it's going to go you know what yep. may happen it was so so exciting and just so pleased that he's you know been just growing so much and you know including yourself you know because you then um earlier this year for, debuted in aw on a um in a sorry in aw and on aw dark and i mean AW has just grown so much over the past, you know, two yep. years. It's just massive. You know, it's such a big promotion as ever. You know, it's, it's enormous. What did it feel like getting that initial call to go into AEW? Were you really, really excited by yeah, that? Yeah, absolutely. Like, I, the, my first experience of them was just as an extra. Didn't get you, like, it was earlier this year in January 
where um, I didn't get to do any matches, but I got to help out and be part of like the Dark Order and just help out around the you know the show and everything. And that and just being around in that couple minutes, like the 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 time I was there, I was like, okay, this is the place I want to work for. You know, like everyone, yeah. like WWE's. I've I've done some work for WWE early days of NXT and all that. Um, and and while WWE is is obviously a, a, an incredible wrestling empire, AEW is fun. Like they. That is the element of 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 personal growth you can do there because you sink or swim on your own. Like there isn't some huge machine writing all your stuff and just dictating your matches and that you need to you know wrestle a certain way. It's like you do you. Like, you go out there and if you get over, they'll keep booking you. If you don't, then you don't. You know, then then you then you, then you sink. So yeah. I remember just being there and just it, all my friends. It's, it's kind of cool that all my friends are there. Like all the guys I've broken into the business with. So it if feels like just home it feels like yeah. it feels like home and so and when i actually got the call the wrestle for him like that's when i was like fine like now i can show them what i can do and like from my first match with spears like hit a hit a home run with that and then they just been kept calling me you know they've been booking me regular ever since so i've been yeah. very very lucky very very thankful to tony and, and the crew there that have been using me you know and and hopefully just aim for more and then get you know get myself that uh, full-time like a full-time deal yeah, I mean, I've loved all the work you've done so far in, you know, AEW. I love AEW. I think it's a, a really exciting and unique promotion because it does allow people to be themselves. And it's a celebration as well for me where of, of independent wrestling, in a sense, because there are so many independent wrestlers who are part of AEW who have grown, yep. you know, like Darby, like Joey Janela like the Young Bucks, like yourself, like Eddie Kingston, you know, mm-hmm. there's so many, MJF, you know, it, it's this sort of um, hive of, you know, the the elite, as silly as it sounds, the elite yeah. wrestling today. Well, it was the all the guys, it, it was, we kind of say it as, it was all the guys who were super talented in wrestling, but WWE just didn't have the space or didn't have the awareness of like these super talented guys. Yeah. And there was nowhere else to go at the time. You really, you know, like impact was kind of like on its, what we thought was its last legs and ring of honor was kind of in that same spot too. Cause they lost literally all their stars in like one fail swoop when WWE signed, you know, page and, and, uh, he signed a Cole and Bobby fish and, and a Kyle O'Reilly, like all the, they lost all their main events yeah. basically in one swing. You know, so like every place else was like it was kind of rough to go anywhere else. So, you know, and when AEW opened up and they were given guys who were talented real opportunity to to showcase them. Like, look at guy like Eddie Kingston. Like Eddie Kingston's been ready for TV for years, yes. years. Been one of the best promo guys probably in the last decade. But yeah, he was never getting a shot. Him and I did a WWE trial together and we both got passed on, you know, at, at the same one. And, you know, and look at and then now we're here. That was in 2017. And three years later, we're both in AEW, you know. Yeah. So I mean, now Eddie's in main eventing AEW. It's it's yeah. it's it's crazy how you know one company can see a thing one way, and then another company can actually see it. You know the way we thought we saw each other. You know as yeah. actual real talent that could provide something to the business. Yeah, um, you know it, it's just great being able to see those guys because, like I said, I'm such a sort of um, fan of the independent scene and fan of independent wrestling. Seeing them mm-hmm. get that national 
exposure, which, you know, I, I've been seeing those guys for so long, you know, underground, you may say, away yep. from TV screens and being able to see them now weekly, including yourself, you know, it's such a great moment. And, you know, in terms of AEW as well, one of my favourite matches or one of the the matches which I thought was great was when you faced um, Brian Pillman Jr. and uh, Griff Garrison in the tag oh, team match. Varsity Blinds, yeah. Yes. W- was it, in terms of being in there with um, Brian, like, I mean, obviously, he, it, like, the intrigue with him, I think, for me, is that he does look so much like his dad, as silly yeah, as that he sounds. He does. It's scary and how much his character is so molded on his father. Like, yeah. Um, were you a bit, was were you a big Brian Pillman fan growing up, and was it like really cool to be in there with his son and like working together? Definitely, because I was a huge Bret Hart fan in WWF days. So, like, you know, having the loose cannon, you know, it was when he was part of that, you know, the Hart family, you know, um, at the time, it was really yeah. cool to like see Pillman then. Uh, that's what that was my experience of watching Pillman was like that was when he was just crazy and yeah. just doing the banana stuff, and then finding him, you know, finding his early WCW work. I was like, wow, this guy can he's crazy. He can move, and uh, <laughs> and, and he can talk. Uh, yeah. But no, Pil- Pillman Jr., man, like, what a ki- what a good guy. Like, he's such a student of the game. He's one of those dudes that, like, probably doesn't need to be as ambitious as he is in wrestling because, of, you know, because he's second generation, because he's a Pillman, and because he has <laughs> access, he has access to, you know, wrestling ins that a lot of people don't get. But, man, like, yeah. he does the work. He, he studies tapes still. He is a big student of the game. Like, him and I... It's funny because like I talked to him pretty much weekly because um, him and I are both uh, we're both big closet World of Warcraft fans, so we're <laughs> always like we're always talking about like Warcraft. Like literally, we'll just text each other like like Hey man, huh? so how's your rating progression going this week? Stuff like that. So like him and I are big nerds for that. <laughs> like my one video game I'm a big nerd for is Warcraft, and so you go and, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, so. <laughs> So it, it so it's it's kind of funny to see like and they get a chance to work with them like I was looking forward to that because him and Griff are both super talented guys and I knew we were gonna have fun like I knew because and it was with and it, it was just gonna be a good match it's gonna be a good story because that there's some the, it was a good dynamic between the, the between the four of us you know because I, I my heel work is I you know tend to really excel in my heel work when I have and then to have two really top end like good selling baby faces you know it's going to be fun because you know you're yeah. going to have a good match it's going to be athletic and we're going to have to go out there and be able to like keep the motion going keep the action up keep the crowd up because like i knew the guys i'm working across with i trust them and and they're gonna do incredible at being stars you know so those are the kind of matches you really look forward to as a pro because yeah. you're like man this is gonna be good you know it's gonna be good like there's no way you can have a bad match with these two guys yeah um, it was it was a brilliant match, and Griff Garrison is a guy I saw coming up gradually in Ring of Honor and on the independent scene, and I'm so pleased as well that he's yeah. getting an opportunity in AEW because I really like he, Griff. Yeah, he's brilliant. You know, he's yeah. got such a great look. He's so unique. He he reminds me his physique is what's interesting about him is that he's got like he's quite big, but he's very athletic. He looks quite stocky, but he's really athletic and he's really like unique in the way he moves. He's not typical yeah. kind of, do you know what I mean? Like I know what I'm trying to explain, but like he doesn't, the way you look at him, you think he's going to do one thing, but then he does completely the opposite in the way he moves yep. and the way he actually works in the ring, um, which, you know, is really exciting to see. And I think that's what's great about AEW is that you've got these guys who are, you know, 
all unique in all different ways. Everyone's a unique character. Everyone's, you know, got something about them. What, um, you know, you're able to see, and including yourself, you know, like I said, you know, your work in AW this year has been phenomenal. And I'm, Thank you. I've, no, you're welcome. I think it's great that you finally got the opportunity on AW to be able to show people what you have been able to do, you know, on a, to a wider audience and for so long, which you know like myself i've seen you on the indies growing you know growing gradually but then to be able to see you on AEW is you know fantastic so in terms of like uh heading into 2021 so the new year what are the main goals and ambitions for alex chamberlain in AEW or beyond what are the main ambitions uh i mean for me it's just going to be develop develop myself develop um alex chamberlain in AEW. i know they've like had a couple like like you know ideas in and around there I've talked to Cody and Tony about it so and it's just going to be develop and grow and you know honestly you know make my way through to a full-time contract and right now I'm like it's on a per appearance deal which is standard for them you know they and yeah obviously with COVID obviously like you know it's a little bit different yeah. too so I think once everything gets the ball rolling I think they're gonna be a little bit more open to like you know bringing more and more and more guys in because they're going to be adding looks like another show so which will be a big thing, you know, we'll obviously bring in more talent and yeah. full, you know, me, for me, it's, it's the full-time contract. Like that's really what you aim for as a pro. Like that's a, that's for me is like my biggest goal I've wanted to achieve is to get that kind of, for me, it's kind of a validation thing too, you know, to, to be um, seen as a guy who a company trusts to pay you a full-time salary. Like that's, yeah, like, that's a huge thing. And then from there, more and more come my way to dynamite and, getting lit you know lining up the guys i want to work with guys like jericho and moxley and eddie yes. kingston and you know just adam page is another guy i'd really like to work with oh, i love yeah. to work with i want to work with sky again I, i've had some great matches with scorpio sky yes. and we were both in vegas together so i it, from there it's gonna be checking off the list of guys that you want i want to work with have programs sting. with <laughs> oh sting yeah no kidding right so, <laughs> just to be in the same ring as thing i mean <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll take that i'll <laughs> Yeah. yeah it's um you know i think you know the sky's the limit for you in terms of what's you know to come in 2021 if 2020 is anything to go by 2021 is going to be even you know better and even more exciting and yeah. you know i just can't wait to see even more of the matches you're going to be having on you know on AEW dynamite and AEW dark just because they've all been great this year yeah and you know it's been such a although i think one thing is is that although covid has um affected the world in a way we never expected wrestling bizarrely has stayed constant and it has flourished bizarrely and it has really helped you know like it's it's amazing how so many wrestlers in places like i mean AEW has been running weekly and has been running pay-per-views and has been you know keeping going and i think that's a really i mean obviously wwe has an impact but there's something about AEW where the it, it never kind of seemed like anything um, was going to stop the momentum. And if anything, it was going to grow in the pandemic. You know, they adapted with the way they shot the production, the way they put the matches on, the way they brought in new talent, include, you know, including yourself. And I think that's what's been great about it is that, you know, people like you in this year where maybe things could have been completely different, you've been able to you know, find that spot in AW and then grow into, you know, 2021 and the opportunities, what can come going forward. You know, I think it's phenomenal. Yeah. And the, and the thing with AEW is that like, they're, I think the reason why they've been 
able to do this is because they're more in a in a, in a they're still proving themselves as a company and there's and it's still a somewhat of a survival game you know like these guys are they only had a year to really establish themselves this year yes it's year two but it's a crazy year and it's kind of it's kind of a wash for a lot of people so i think AEW was gonna you know do this one way or the other and they were gonna prove themselves and they yeah. were going to go above and beyond to prove it, whereas a lot of companies were just going to sit back and ride it out. And AEW, AEW wasn't going to do that. They were going to push through no matter what. And yeah. they were smart. And Tony really went above and beyond, you know, safety precautions. He was going to do this smart. Like, he's not if – you, if, you, if you ever meet Tony Khan, like, that guy, his mind is literally racing 1,000 miles an hour. Mm-hmm. He, is hand, he is juggling 10 different things. But he has, he has a full presence of mind and awareness of what's going on. You know, so and he's competitive. He's very, very competitive. And he was going <laughs> to do this one way or the other. And he was going to do it smart and he yeah. was going to succeed at it. You know, I don't think I think guys like in his level like, of like just don't know how to fail. So they just keep pushing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. It's a weird thing, man. You meet these kind of guys and they're like, oh, hey, you, you've never lost before, have you? Like, because they just don't they don't have that mentality. And I mean, like, oh, man, maybe I should pull back. Like, no, keep pushing. You know, so it, it's cool. You learn a lot from dealing with guys like him because. You know, these are that's a whole other level of business operation that you just can't can't imagine. I can't imagine how much he how much is on his plate at any given time. Yeah, I think, um, you know, Tony Khan is such a um, refreshing entity in the wrestling business because he comes from outside of the wrestling business. But he's not kind of the, you know, Jim Hurd Pizza Hut kind of wrestling. Yeah, right. He's no, no, no. A, yeah. He's, he's such a, a student fan. of the game. I mean, yeah. he's. He's an early tape trader. Like, I mean, he's yeah. been a he's been a student of this sport uh, since birth for him. You could tell he really just knows what he's doing. Yeah, like, he's very very smart. He can tell you match cards from like thirty years ago. Tell you who went over, who was the ref. I mean, he really knows his stuff. <laughs> and if you're gonna be in there or, or go into wrestling and you need someone to be a right hand man, I don't think anyone could be more. You know. A better right hand man than you know Cody Rhodes, the yeah. you know some oh, yeah. of the great Dusty Rhodes. You know, yep. I think um, it's it's an exciting time, you know, and it and you know for yourself it must be really you know exciting to you know um, be part of um, AEW and to be part of that roster going into the third the third year in 2021. You know, I think it's I think it's great and. Like I just said, I'm just so pleased that, you know, you've been able to grow through AEW from the indies and I've seen, like I said, your work and you're growing and it's just been brilliant seeing you in AEW. So, you know, I just hope that, oh no, you're welcome. And I just hope that it can, well, that it will continue, but it gets even higher going into, you know, 2021. Um, which I'm sure it will, and it will do. I'll make sure of it. (laughs) (laughs) Appreciate it. Thank you. You're welcome. That's what I'm aiming for, man. Uh, no, oh, we can do <laughs> absolutely. And then just to um just to finish off, um Alex, just um where can people uh, find you on social media? Where can people follow your work? You know, just oh, fire sure. away. Just let people yeah. know. Yeah, um, uh, I'm big on uh, Instagram, the Alex Chamberlain. Same with Facebook, and my Twitter is Chamberlain underscore MC. And they all have my links there to access anything. Like if um I have I have a YouTube channel under the Alex Chamberlain as well. If you want to find some of the matches, I, I'm still trying to source a bunch of more matches to put on there. I have so many I need to load up <laughs> just, just tracking them all down has been, is such a pain, but yeah, I've been <laughs> looking up stuff on there, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty active in my social media. I like Instagram a lot. So it's, it's usually my go-to if you awesome. want to find out what's going on. Yeah. 
That's yeah. awesome. And, uh, you know, just thank you so much for this evening for me, yeah. this afternoon for you. No, you're welcome. Appreciate and uh, have a great holiday season as well. Have you a great too. holiday. Yes, ah, thank man. you. Have a good one. Ah, thank you. And just to finish off, you can find yeah. the BBG Wrestling Podcast at www.bbgwrestling.com and you can find us on Twitter at BBG Wrestling. So that does it for me, Stephen Jackson, a.k.a. DJ215, with my guest, The Hammer, Alex Chamberlain. And I'll catch you all later. So I'll see you later, everybody.